You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the locked on padres podcast the only pod that may be better than the padres themselves i'm your host with sometimes occasionally but certainly not always but today i would say i would dare to venture always your host with the most javier reyes you may be familiar with some of my baseball work over at justbaseball.com i write there a whole bunch go check it out great website or you can check me out on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, for a lot of memes, a lot of dreams, some of which were were reached this weekend. You can check that out. Or at L-O underscore Padres for a lot of memes, certainly, but specifically to the Padres. And then if you want to see my fit, whatever I'm wearing, it might what I'm wearing today might upset some of the nerds out there. Um, the, the, the movie nerds out there that might get them annoyed. So feel free to check that out, but also I'm rocking the Padres hat. Thank you as always, ladies and gentlemen, for making the Lockdown Padres podcast, your first listen every day, free and available at all platforms. And today's a celebration. Oh, cause throughout this whole episode, we're smoking the LA Dodgers pack. We have to. It has to, they said it couldn't be done. Ladies and gentlemen, today is going to be mostly just celebrating. It is, it is. And the reason it's going to be mostly celebrating is because you have all the analysis out there. You can go read your Dennis Lynn at The Athletic. You can go check out AJ Castleball. You can check out Kevin Ace. You can check out JustBaseball.com where they'll be refreshing and giving you the, the number breakdowns and all that. But today we're going to mostly, not entirely, Talk about this weekend series and what it means for the Padres and what it meant for San Diego and what it meant for baseball and what it just meant entirely because it was, frankly, one of the best sports W's I have ever had in my life. Now, granted, you are talking to someone who was a former Yankees fan and then always a Chargers fan and then a Padres fan and then someone who just really wanted Tom Brady to lose a lot. So, like... You know, maybe I was asking for a lot of L's in sports throughout my life for those type of qualifiers. But look, man, it happened. The Padres won. They beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. They, we, it's going to be tough to do today's episode. It's going to be tough to gather all my thoughts in a coherent way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was nuts. It was nuts. And this past weekend was, I was celebrating my sister's birthday uh, we went down to Maryland, rented out and Airbnb, all that stuff. It was a lot of fun. And I had the game on, you know, on my phone because that was the easiest way because I already had signed into my provider and stuff like that. So I got it that way. And it was funny because for a lot of it, I was like holding my hand over the top of the screen because I have so many notifications on in text messages that I didn't even want to take a chance that anything early came in. Like say a home run alert came in or anything like that. Now, thankfully... I, I got totally, so I got like just this totally real reaction. And honestly, I got pretty emotional. It was like three o'clock. No, it wasn't three o'clock. It was like two o'clock. I think I forgot exactly the time, but I go up back, you know, everybody's asleep for me. And then I'm watching the end of the game. I'm watching Josh Hader, who we got to talk about for sure on today's episode. 
strikeout, not just Mookie Betts, not just Trey Turner, but also Freddie Freeman. It is the perfect ending for it to be a strikeout of Freddie Freeman. Great player who had a great game, by the way, two doubles in that clinching game. Um, I mean, it's just, it's poetic that the big high price free agent and yet again, the Dodgers still lose. Mm. Sorry, smoking on the Dodgers pack all weekend gets me a little bit thirsty, but you know, it's just, it's so funny. It's so funny how these things shake out. I didn't think this would happen. I like a full, let's just say that. I, and nobody did. Nobody did for the record. And I picked the, the Padres to lose in four, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when I talked about it on the last podcast I did, I think. But my biggest thing, I think, was just, you would think, based off of just, I just believe in the law of averages, ladies and gentlemen. Meaning, like, at some point, at some point, the Dodgers won't blow a playoff series, right? For the better half of the last decade since I've been in, dare I even say, middle school, the LA Dodgers have been one of the winningest teams in baseball. And maybe in middle school, the San Francisco Giants are winning titles and stuff. But after that, the Dodgers had all these great records. You have Cody Bellinger win MVP. You have, you know, Corey Seager jump onto the fold. You have Clayton Kershaw win an MVP as a pitcher, which is wild. You have all sorts of incredible, incredible players. They even had Manny Ramirez at one point. They had the Matt Kemp MVP year. Like, so much good stuff. And especially since high school, and it's certainly especially since college for me, the past few years, the Dodgers are primarily known for losing in the playoffs. And I'm not trying to do... Look, I encourage all the slander of Dodgers fans everywhere. This is great. Go tweet at Jeff Snyder, at Snydog, and tell him I sent you. Because he's been making jokes about me, and I took him. You know what I mean? I took him right on the chest. Because he was right. He was right. The Dodgers are better. And I took him. I ate him. I was getting hit by Dodgers fans in the comments of the YouTube. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I know that some of them were in there too. I bet you they got deleted. I should go check that right after I finish recording this. And all making fun of the Padres. And here's my thing. I'm not one of those. I say when you talk to Dodgers fans, do not do the whole, oh, see, you had the Mickey Mouse win in 2020. I actually do not subscribe to that belief. My thing is... Everyone played by the same rules, and it was a unique year, and they still won, and they're still a great team. But that being said, it does say a lot that out of all these years of being great, after being lucky that apparently the Boston Red Sox don't have money anymore, and they decide to give you Mookie Betts, right? And that the Atlanta Braves said, screw you, Freddie Freeman, we want Matt Olsen. And then... The Washington Nationals, famously the sleeper agent for the L.A. Dodgers, right? Giving you Scherzer and Trey Turner. And the only year you won was in 2020. This does not make the Padres better. This does not mean that the Dodgers are still not one of the S-tier organizations dare I see in the three major sports, at least in North America. It's just worth pointing out. You know what I mean? And dare I say, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going, ladies and gentlemen. Clayton Kershaw. I mean, he actually had a good game in this series. Um, he pitched well, uh, certainly. Only gave up, I think it was three runs. I think it was the the start against Darvish, if I'm not mistaken. It wasn't his fault, but there is no perfect, more perfect avatar for the L.A. Dodgers than Clayton Kershaw. Him being a Dodgers perfect, because early on in his career, what is he known for? Blowing up in the playoffs. Just like the rest of the L.A. Dodgers. <laughs> 
Oh, it's too good. It's too good, ladies and gentlemen. It's too good. Um, and that's my thing. And another thing, and I haven't been, you know, spending time looking at what necessarily LA media has said other than the very, very hilarious Los Angeles Times article that came out. Um, actually, for once, was written by Bill Plaschke. He's used to... I'm used to kind of getting a lot of bad Dodgers takes from him, but instead it was someone saying, look, if there's ever a case to be made that because of how great they were during the regular season, that we need to just out of respect for what they accomplished, we just cancel the playoffs, right? And just give them the title. If there was ever a time to do that, we'd do it now. (laughs) The tears! That's what's in this right here, man. Let me tell you, my little... Kunami, Yu-Gi-Oh, water water bottle, furnace, whatever these things are called. That's what it is. The Dodgers tears. Mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm. Perfection, ladies and gentlemen. That's what that is. And watching that game, watching the clinching game, expecting, you know, it's, it's really late and all my family is asleep and... I have I am stress eating like a like a mother effer, right? I have beef jerky, I've got banana bread, I've got all the classics, right? I've got these random Matilda cookies. You know those tins that have like those gingerbread cookies, but every time you open it, it's always like knitting equipment. Like those type of tins. Well, guess what? For once they had the cookies in there, right? I had that. I had there was carrot cake around, there was bagels around with a nice it wasn't Nutella, but it was like a cocoa spread. I heated that up through that. I was just munching. Let me tell you, because I had to stress eat, and I can't, it got to a point when it's when it's four nothing, I believe, or three nothing. I'm like, all right, look, we're gonna have to probably do this in LA, which is fine. It's a great team. What can I say? And then the madness begins, ladies and gentlemen, and then the madness begins, and it didn't stop. It didn't stop really. No lead was secure for the LA Dodgers that night, ladies and gentlemen. But before we talk about the lead that was lost. Before we do that, before we continue this rambling mess of a podcast today, let me talk to you guys about something that is always kept safe for you, and that is your home. Thanks to Simply Safe. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters, and I use it at my house. It's great. It's really helpful. They protect you with, you know, cutting edge, cutting edge. It's just, I know that's a cliche term that people use a lot, but it's true. Powered 24-7, and that's what I like is that there's always people on standby, even if you're not at your home, uh, which is great, you know, that they've just got your back kind of, and they've got people on board. They're watching over you, keeping you safe, keeping your home safe, your family, whatever, from burglars, blah, 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 whatever, right? 24-7, that's being monitored. They send you alerts. They've got this really nice technology that responds. It's a visual kind of response. It confirms when the break-in is real, and you can get whatever dispatch you need um, sent to your home as soon as possible. It's really, really great, guys. So go check it out, and you can customize the perfect system in your home in just a few minutes because you're listening to this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Aside from my, my dashing good looks and my just, you know, Shakespearean analysis... People say that about Shakespeare. Or my Nate Silverian analysis. Uh, Alright, whatever. I can't think of an example off the top of my head. But, aside from that, you listen to this podcast because you get nice deals, ladies and gentlemen. 
and you can get that right now. SimplySafe.com slash LockedOnMLB. You can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring, monitoring, monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit SimplySafe.com slash LockedOnMLB to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. What a great slogan there, you know? Just makes sense. Let's keep going, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about that clinching game just a little bit more in detail. Joe Musgrove in that game. And yes, we will... I mean, do I have to talk about the Saturday game? I, I don't think we do. Or not the Saturday game, the Friday game. Yeah, I guess we could talk about that one. But for now, let's just mention... Joe Musgrove in this game, six innings, two earned runs on six hits, did walk three and struck out eight. It was a fine, solid Joe Musgrove performance. He did give up some runs at one point in the, uh, what was it, when he got hit up a little bit. It was the Freddie Freeman double in the top of the third that allowed two to score. That was a dagger, and that was the moment. The Dodgers that get me the most mad watching them are always Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner at the top. And then Mookie Betts right below, and then not because I have anything against Mookie Betts, but just because, like, I hate that the Red Sox traded him, right? It drives me insane that they let him go. Trey Turner drives me insane that they got him for, you know, a bag of potato chips, basically, from the Nationals. And then Freddie Freeman, sort of same thing. Just being reminded of how other teams seemingly don't try in Major League Baseball, right? And then here come the Dodgers just swooping up all this great talent. Well... That happens. And then also on the other side of things, we do need to mention Tyler Anderson was great in this game. Uh, five innings, only two hits, two walks, six Ks. Tyler Anderson, really, really good season for the Dodgers from what people were kind of like expecting. 2.5 ERA. He was really good this year. And that's part of the reason why the Dodgers team ERA was so low this year is they got a lot of contributions out of guys like Gonsolin, out of guys like Tyler Anderson, and even um, what's his face? There's, there's an, who's the other starting pitcher that they have? Not Urias and not Kershaw. Uh, Heaney. There we go. Andrew Heaney. Right? Like, these guys who did pretty dang good, and they basically got them for nothing. And Tyler Anderson was one of those guys that I really wanted the Padres to sign. So watching this game, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Here's the dude. This is one of my top free agent uh, acquisitions I wanted the Padres to sign in the offseason. Um, and here he is carving them up. Like, it's almost like the universe knew. I need to throw this back in your face one more time, right? But that doesn't happen. And a lot of that is because, look, you guys have probably watched the replays. You've probably watched the highlights like a thousand times like I have. I've been watching it all day. All day. Uh, it's Sunday football. I had it on my phone. I would replay it like every like hour or something like that. I'm just re-watching that inning. And it is the bottom of the seventh in which Mr. Tommy Canley comes in. He walks pro far. Grisham. Trent Grisham is earning himself so much extra, whether justified or not, an extra chance for the Padres heading into next season. He was already going to have another chance, but he's just amazing. He gets a single. Then Nola reaches on an infield single after Freeman knocks the ball down, unable to get to it. Then they bring in Mr. Yancey Almonte. Hassan Kim hits a double. He's doing the... You know, like almost like a, a Mario type of thumbs up. Like he's just kind of like he moves his fist up, like that type of thing. And it was so good. I love, I love that dude. His smile is infectious. His energy is just d desirable. It is so uh, contagious. I already said that, but it's just so nice to see that there's this guy that everybody loves on the team. I love when. You know, you have that video of Manny who's speaking to him in Korean, and I believe he said, like, we love you or something like that. When Kim needs a hit, he's saying that. 
it's so great. And it's great because especially with the whole, you know, elephant in the room, bad tattoos, that Kim came in and has been awesome. He throws the ball so sharp to first base. He can play that position extremely well, and he upgraded his bat this year for sure. And he seems like a guy that, not not, not dog in him, but he's just got that extra, extra gear where I feel like he's going to have multiple playoff moments. And we'll see if he does in the NLCS, but he gets a double there. And then Juan Soto gets a single, which ends up driving in the tying run uh, after they were down 3 nothing heading into this inning. It should be mentioned, Juan Soto doing superstar things. That's why they trade for him, you know? You know, the, the F them kids uh, meme with Michael Jordan. F them prospects. That's what A.J. Preller said when he traded for him. Awesome stuff from Juan Soto. Should be mentioned this at bat. And in general, for this game and a little bit on Friday's game as well, especially. A little bit of both ways. I'd say probably a little bit more in favor of the Padres when it came to Saturday's game. The umpiring. Um, I've talked a lot about how I just think that the chaos enthusiast in me is almost like I think that baseball kind of needs a heel and that's what the um the umpires can be used for but here's what i will say um there were a lot of calls that went the padres way there was some from Musgrove that he got he was getting pumped up and look this is how it goes it's been that way for a while i'm not trying to you know or i should say dodgers fans shouldn't start trying to make excuses to such a grand degree but it is true that the the calls were pretty poor and they do matter and i think that it's possible that the balls and strikes might matter more single pitches because today's game is so much more single pitch oriented, i.e., you know, there's so many more home run or bust hitters, and all you need is one pitch for a home run instead of a walk or what have you, right? So maybe that's what it is. It just changes everything, especially when you look up run value on baseball savant or whatever, and that just shows you like how much everything changes with each pitch, the likelihood of things happening. So that is true. However, um, so if the Dodgers, if the Dodgers folks want to bring that up, it's totally true. It is true. The the umpiring was not good, especially with the strikes on. I think that one thing that should be remembered here is, look, it's always been like this, first of all. And I remember, man, when you want to talk about unlucky, the Padres, when they played the Dodgers back in 2020, their best season up until now, up until this year happened, right? Dodgers fan, well, this happens to everybody, injuries. You know, Jeff Snyder of Locked On Dodgers would always give me crap because he's like, yeah, and they all want to complain about the pitcher. Here's my thing. The Dodgers, they were bragging about how they swept the Padres in 2020, and they were the better team, better team by, by a mile. Even if they didn't have their injuries, the Padres, I still think the Dodgers much, much better, and they probably win that series. I really did believe that. But the way that Dodgers media, Dodger Nation, whatever you want to call it, was always so braggadocious about how they swept the Padres, conveniently ignoring that their top two pitchers, Denelson Lamette and Mike Clevenger, both get hurt right heading into the playoffs. Like the week before, and then they're out. And that's a big deal, and I know Clevenger isn't good right now, but at the time, he was very good. And Lamette certainly not good right now, but he was a top five Cy Young um, pitcher that year. right? So I don't want to hear any excuses from Dodgers, folks, because Lord knows you did not give the Padres the benefit of the doubt after he swept them, even though their top two pitchers were hurt. It's a big deal. They're relying on, you know, Mr. Sinker out and away at 80 mile an hour, Zach Davies to try and take them to the promised land, but whatever. Then in this inning, after that hit from Soto, Jake Cronenworth, he gets a single, bringing in two more runs and he's doing the pump. 
I think that that is what I will always remember from this game too, is how absolutely amped the Padres players were. You know, everyone wants to talk about rivalry or not rivalry. I don't want to get into that now. Clearly, in my opinion, there is. Um, even if it is a nascent one. Even if it is a one that is clearly more favored to one side, right? This isn't historically that important of a rivalry between the Padres and Dodgers in the grand scheme of sports. But you can see the energy. You can see the sad looks on those Dodger fan faces, right? You see it all. You see it all. And you see Jake jumping up and down. He's pumping himself up. You see Kim look like he's just exploding of happiness. And then when they get those strikeouts to end the game, of Betts, of Trey Turner, of Freddie Freeman, and it's so, it's just, I mentioned this already with Freeman, but it is so kind of poetic that three guys, three big acquisitions they got, largely due to how baseball is run by a lot of people who don't know what they're doing, and people who are just giving away their players because they don't want to spend money, and what have you, right? Or they sell extremely low. Betts is a prime example of money. Freddie, prime example of money. And Turner is an example of just selling. I don't, I still can't believe they gave, they just kind of threw in Trey Turner, right? Like, <laughs> like the onion ring that you get in your McDonald's meal, right? Like when you order a, an order of fries and then there's like an, a little onion ring in there, just kind of threw him in there. And it's so appropriate that, that those are the last three guys that strike out. And I should also mention now, another thing I was wrong about aside from the series Josh Hader. Josh Hader also saves Friday's game when they won 2-1, to one, which was amazing. One inning, didn't allow any hits or walks, struck out two. Um, Blake Snell was also great in Friday's game, by the way. Uh, five and a third innings. Didn't last super long into the game, but 1.69 ERA so far in the postseason. Right? Hold on. Yeah. Or for that game, I should say. He was very good. Six Ks. He got the job done. Guys like Steven Wilson, guys like Luis Garcia, guys like Robert Suarez, who is one of the players that I'm most proud of of the Padres. was very excited about him in the offseason. I thought, this guy throws heat. He can hit 100 very routinely. All he had was that opening day blow-up. Opening day, absolutely implodes, blows the save. 31-year-old, he's been the KBO, the Japan, probably the Amazon League, whatever, right? Like, he's been through everything, and he comes, and he's great. Luis Garcia, not incredible, but certainly a very high-quality arm that has been there for the Padres a lot this year. And I thought, I'm not going to miss Mark Melanson that much. You know, I'd like to have him, but I'm a fan of the what the Padres have done with their bullpen. And for a good portion of the year, Taylor Rogers was effective. Then he wasn't, then they trade for Josh Hader. Josh Hader over, and this is from uh, reaching back towards the ends of the regular season. He's given up one earned run since September 5th. That's 14 and two-thirds innings, and he has 20 strikeouts over those 14 and two-thirds innings. He looks like Josh Hader again, albeit maybe not completely untouchable, but he looks like him. Not giving up any hits, not walking too many batters. Yes, he does sometimes throw like that. He gets that 2-0 count, right? Especially in the regular season, you have those 2-0 counts when... He just kind of, the moment gets on him a little bit and then he has to calm down. But for the most part, he's been great. I was wrong. I called the trade a B plus. I did not like it because haters signs with the Brewers, like just of slowing down. The general principle of not trading high on relievers because I think they're very volatile. And then number three, that the Brewers often don't miss on trade. So maybe they knew something. Here's what I'll say. The only thing I was right about with that, not to 
pat myself on the back or give me a, you know, a, a, a sneak out. Cause that's what a lot of people like to do in this industry is they like to say, well, th- what I was saying was this. It's like, no, if you got it wrong, you got it wrong. But that being said, the case for Josh Hader being good for the Padres and turning things around, I compared it to Aroldis Chapman from last year. Now, Aroldis Chapman is a disaster now, so hopefully uh, Hader doesn't follow the full the footsteps of his situation totally, but last year, Aroldis Chapman in August had like an ERA of 17. He just completely forgot how to pitch. This same thing for the Padres. He had like a 27 ERA, Josh Hader did. Just a temporal, temporal, temporary, temporary, you know, you know how they say like a momentary lapse in sanity, a momentary lapse in remembering how to throw a baseball. That's what happened with Chapman last year. And then immediately just completely back to normal, almost as if someone had impersonated him and took his spot on the team for a few days and then left. That seems to be what happened. What's happened with Josh Hader right now. He seems back. He's missing like, there's whiffs on his pitches. It's not like it was only bad calls there. He gets Mookie Betts on a check swing. He gets Freddie Freeman on a strikeout. Gets Trey Turner. Like, he looks fully back, and that is going to be huge in this next round against the Phillies and their crazy lineup, which we'll certainly be talking about a lot this week. It's going to be great. But, oh, man. Man, oh, man. It's just after so much, after so much, man, and the Dodgers, and they just want to talk about all the time it's not a rivalry and we completely killed you when they did they did in game one it was bad it looked rough and a lot of people were tweeting you know a lot of people were tweeting at me especially saying oh my god we're gonna lose again and this is the blah, 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 blah. the major league baseball postseason has long been where anything can happen right that's that's what it is that's what kind of playoff system it is but man oh man this year not only to do the Dodgers get bounced, but also the Atlanta Braves, the defending World Series champions. We've got, in the NLCS, Phillies versus Padres, and on the American League side of things, it's going to be either the Yankees or the Guardians versus the Astros. Rooting for whoever is playing the Astros, by the way. Good Lord. You, you think the Dodgers fans are bad? I mean, we, Padres fans don't like them. But these Astros fans, man, if you so much as sniff in the wrong direction, if you say, hmm, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of them. They will roast you alive like you like you hit their grandmother, like you stole all the money in their bank account, right? Like, they hate you. They hate everybody, and they, they have this victim complex, basically. You know, uh, just pretending that they're the victims of all this, even though they freaking cheated. Like, relax. Man, this is the part of the podcast where I just keep probably saying a lot of things I've already said already. Just watching it in the moment. That inning, it's just, you know, and also as a Chargers fan, which I won't harp on too long because I know the Padres fans hate them, but one of the reasons you stick with a team, usually, and I don't blame people who don't. I often have said that, look, if an organization has shown you that they don't try or they're just completely incompetent, say New York Knicks, the Colorado Rockies, the Washington Commanders, Teams like that. And your thing is, I'm getting out of this because why am I showing so much like uh, pride in a team that doesn't reciprocate it? It's especially true of baseball because in baseball, there's not as much of a salary cap. At least in football, it's like, well, the commanders tried. They're trying with Carson Wentz. They don't know what they're doing. Carson Wentz isn't very good, but they're at least trying. 
in baseball, there's just all these teams that like, eh, no. The billionaire owner doesn't want to do anything. He needs to go with the Oakland A's and be like, hey, uh, we, we don't have any fans. It's like, well, yeah, because for the last few decades, you've been doing your best to deflate the value of the team in terms of its attendance by making sure that fans almost know, hey, that player you like that's really good, he'll be gone in two years. So you basically have no players to grow acquainted with, right? Running it like a college team, like a college basketball team, like Kentucky, right? But that's not a good thing if you want if, if you want to maintain uh, your fan base in such a large way, right? And the guy's worth like the third most, I think, in Major League Baseball as the A's owner, something like that, top five at least. I think that what this series was was such a great reminder of not only how it is so great that there's a team that tried, that invested, and said we're going for it. Right? We're not giving up. We're not just going to make tiny additions. We're not going to do what the Brewers did, which is trade their best asset and then not make any other moves, even though they're in first place. We're not going to do that. We're going to trade for Juan Soto. We're going to trade for Brandon Drury. We're going to trade for Josh Bell. We're going to trade for Josh Hader. All these moves. Like, we're going for it. And then you have Tatis get hurt and not hurt, but he got hurt. And then he got suspended, but... It's just, it's so good for the game seeing that. And even on the other end, the team we're about to face, Philadelphia Phillies, that's a team that is really stuck, got no farm, right? They have a really weak farm system. They've got some talent at the major league level, but they're kind of in no man's land. Proved a lot of people wrong, too. They said, you know what? Screw it. Since we're already paying Harper, already paying JT Romuto, all these guys, let's just double down and see what happens. And they did, and now they're in the NLCS as well. Even with all their flaws. And, oh, they don't have any defense. Doesn't matter. And the Yankees just won. So we're, by the time you guys are hearing this, the, tonight will be uh, the Game 7 to decide who plays the Astros. Hopefully Yankees, because I feel like Yankees will be like a really like toxic in a good way series with them and the Astros. But anyway, it is so great for the, the sport. I will say, Dodgers deserve a lot of credit in the sense that they do spend a lot of money. They do invest. They do build a great farm system. Don't get me wrong. But it's just for them to finally overcome this hump. To beat the Dodgers. The t- ah! To beat this damn team that has given the Padres so much crap over the years. You know? Jeff Snyder tweeting they're going to lose 3-1. Got it wrong, buddy. Uno reverse. You know what I mean? It was just... It was magic, man, and I've I've been covering this team only for two, almost three years, but it was there's just something about that moment, I think, and it's it's one I'm not gonna forget. It probably is the best sports W that I've personally had in my life with personal teams and players that I like, and seeing Machado just like go absolutely nuts after that third or first base or after the strikeout to see him lose it to see the whole team lose it in a way. They were all in. They were absolutely all in, and they had been getting their butts kicked all year. How bad had they been getting their butts kicked? Let me remind you. A tweet from Sarah Langs. Great follow, by the way. On Twitter. The Padres won 22 fewer regular season games than the Dodgers and won the NLDS over LA, as you know. That's the second largest regular season wins upset in a postseason series. The only team to win a postseason series with a larger run scored or sorry, regular season wins upset is the 1906 World Series 
when the White Sox defeated the Cubs. And they had 23 less wins than the Cubs in the regular season. Age, don't get me wrong, anything can happen. But this is truly an incredible upset. They didn't even let it go to Game 5, man. They didn't even let it go back to L.A. Won 111 games up. We don't care. We don't care. We're going to throw out Blake Snell. And Steven Wilson's going to go in there and strike out some guys. Austin Noel will get an infield single. And ha Sung Kim, the guy who's replacing the star that the Padres were allegedly no chance in heck that they can win without him in Fernando Tatis Jr. And they do it. And he gets a big hit. Seeing the team, all this stuff, the goose thing, Blake Snell running out onto the field with the goose figure, sculpture, whatever you want to call it, was an absolute delight. And, man, it was just, it was so great. The first NLCS for your San Diego Padres since 1998. That great team that saw Henderson, or I forgot if that was 96. The Finley, Ken Caminetti years. Like, the 98 team was awesome. Unfortunately, they ran into the Yankees' buzzsaw. Who knows who the Padres may face if, if they make the World Series. But let me tell you, for the Padres to go and beat not just the Mets, but also the Dodgers, it's incredible. It's, it's fairly unprecedented. This is just so crazy for this Padres team to do that. And... The city of San Diego, you know, they've lost a lot of teams. I I didn't even know until recently they lost the Clippers for basketball. I didn't even know that the Clippers used to be in San Diego. And they lose the Chargers. All they have left is the Padres. And ownership deserves a lot of credit for doubling down this team. A.J. Preller, of course, deserves a lot of credit. And Bob Melvin deserves a lot of credit because I know people try to minimize the impact of a manager. Oftentimes, I think they are right. That maybe it doesn't have as much to do with the managers as it used to do maybe back in the day, right? But we don't know everything that Bob Melvin's saying. Yeah, the calming influence. I get it. That's such a cliche to use for a manager. But maybe he's looking at certain data and he's been helping players go in the right direction. He knows where to point things. He's a manager. We don't know all the things. And that's what's so funny about managers. It's really hard to judge Major League Baseball managers. You kind of can only go at wins and losses. And with Bob Melvin, wins and losses king. When they acquired him in the offseason, everyone said, well, he's never been to a World Series or never been to a championship series or whatever. It's like, yeah, well, they were stuck in Oakland. He was stuck in Oakland. And with Oakland, they didn't invest nearly as much as the Padres, and they showed you what happens when you invest. And that's what this series was. Um, Man. It's just... I just can't believe it. I cannot believe that they beat them. Especially like that. They really did it. Again, it's I, you just think a law of averages. Nine out of the ten last years when the Dodgers were at least one of the at least one of the three best teams in baseball, and they'd blow it. They blew it to the Cardinals back in the day because of Kershaw. They blew it to the 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 Braves last year, right? They blew it to the um the Nationals and Mr. Howie Kendrick, right? They blew it to all these teams. They blew it to the Giants for years, right? When those Giants teams arguably weren't nearly as talented. I know they had Posey. I know they had Bumgarner. I know they had my boy Hunter Pence. But just not as talented. And they do it again, you know? It's making me rethink my prediction that the 76ers in basketball will that Harden will finally have a good playoff series based on law of averages that he'll just finally figure it out in the playoffs. It's making me rethink that. Maybe people are just what they are. 
I don't know. But at the same time, I don't think people are just what they are. I think things can change, and you see that with the Padres, right? You see that they just went out, and they went for it. Everybody deserves a round of applause. I'm going to be listening to all the Padres content out there, partying and celebrating with the rest of you folks. It was a magical weekend, not only because I got to celebrate with my family, my sister's birthday. They're not big into baseball, so I was like the only one like in the corner going like this and like reacting to things. I'm jumped there like, hey, you all right over there? Anything happened? I'm like, yeah, no, 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 you don't understand. Like Josh Hayer just struck out three people and the, like they don't get it and whatnot. But um, yeah, it was it was glorious. It was glorious. Um, I'm going to be smoking the Dodgers pack for the next like summer like the whole year the whole year it's just so good that this happens you know all of the smack talk all of it I don't want to hear the strike zone I don't want to hear anything the Mets fans are already a headache with the Musgrove stuff last week and Padres fans the only thing I say is this only thing I disagree with is the whole bought not built the Dodgers have plenty of great infrastructure and they built a lot of talent that's the only thing I disagree with but the rest of it, go crazy. Don't go too crazy. There's some Padres fans getting into fights and stuff. I'm not saying that. But, like, on Twitter, I just see all the, the Rockies fan fight from last year. That was wild. Like, don't 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 go too crazy. But, man, it's, it's just insane that we're here, man. Especially after, like, the big collapse of 2021. Think, depending on how far they go, University of Virginia... College basketball comes to mind. That team had lost the first ever, you know, series to the 16th seed in the March Madness tournament. And then they came back and won the whole title. And my March Madness group bracket, by the way. Shout out to Virginia. Yeah, I was the crazy kid who bet on them twice. You know, I was like, oh, they'll do it. They'll do it this year. Uh, that might be in line for the Padres. I don't know, but it's going to be a heck of a series. Definitely going to talk in more analytical terms, break down players and whatnot on tomorrow's episode when Connor Smith of the Locked On Phillies podcast, he's going to hop on. We're talking a series preview because his team beaten up on the Atlanta Braves deserves a lot of praise for how shocking I guess that was. Uh, for me, not quite as much because I really like the Phillies heading into the playoffs this year, but man, um, there's just something to this Padres team and I that's that's what we've learned. 200 win teams in the Mets and the Dodgers. The Dodgers had a 300 run differential, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just confirm that. It'll be my last point. The Los Angeles Dodgers in the regular season had a run differential of 334. The Padres had a 45, a plus 45 run differential. How can you not be romantic about baseball? So, ladies and gentlemen, with that all being said, mm. that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Follow me on Twitter at Javapedio if you'd like. J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. I actually have a, a, a nice little article about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood coming out. Um, at L underscore Padres. Check out the YouTube. Let's break 500 subs, maybe. Um you know, as, as soon as we can, that'd be great. Otherwise, just keep drinking the Dodger fan tears. Keep smoking the pack. Thank you, Dave Roberts, for doing what you always do. And, man, 
He freaking did it. They freaking did it. They did it, mom. <laughs> Until next time, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. I try to faithful. Come on, come on.